We're finishing up uh, this morning our series on King David. I hope you've been blessed by it. I'd love to talk with you about that, so feel free to call, text, or email me about that. And we've been looking at his life, and last week we were in 1 Kings 1, just looking at the end. And we're going to center in on verse 29 this morning, but also hear from some of the Psalms that David wrote. What is the theme? What is the story of David's life? Now, before we dive in this morning, I just want to remind our parents and grandparents who have children with us, next week's going to be a little different. As we have met together with our kids' ministry team and our administrative council, they've made the decision following the different guidelines from the Mississippi Department of Health and our uh, pandemic test task force of the annual conference that we're going to restart kids' Sunday school only. And to meet those guidelines, for several reasons we listed in the newsletter, we're going to have to do that at the 11 o'clock hour. So that's going to mean some of us in this hour are going to have to defer. So I, I thank you for that ahead of time. Just to keep people safe, to minimize risk, that's just something we're going to have to do for a very, hopefully, a very short season. That also means, I think the number was 44 volunteers. But we're going to do that for our children. For the discipleship of our children, we'll do whatever we have to do. Uh, to live up to the vows we made to our children at their baptism, we're going to love them and, and bring them to Jesus. And so starting next week, during the two 11 o'clock services, we will have kids' Sunday school uh, over in the education building, downstairs and upstairs. So look to the newsletter for that information. Please call on me if you have questions about that. And thank you for the ways in which you will serve and you'll help us with that. So we're looking at David's life. And as we said last week, so many of the psalms that we find, now David didn't write all the psalms, there's, there's multiple authors of the psalms, but so many of these psalms are just, they're just real life events. Psalm 23 is a real life event, Psalm 30, Psalm 51, we started with that, that was a real life event, Psalm 100, and so many of these psalms will cheat. They'll tell you, the people who put the translations together will tell you at the very beginning of a psalm, hey, this is what this, is, this particular psalm is referencing. Here's the historical event. Psalm 51, this is when David had sinned with Bathsheba and he was repenting of that sin. And so as we look at David's life, but just remembering again those little translations that say this is why that happened, it's, it's a reminder to me, um, and this is just the heart of the sermon today, so one-point sermon. David... You and me, we all have a history. Every last one of us has a history. But out of that history, because of the grace of God and the power of God, we also have a story. A story that not, not only needs to be lived, but a story that needs to be told. You see that in the life of David. And you also see in the life of David that his history, his past, didn't have to be his story. It could have been. Some of us get wrecked by our past and our history, and we just say, God, there's nothing you can do in my life to bless anybody because of where I've been and what I've done. And we just kind of wallow in that. And what we look at David's life and some of the horror of his sin and the struggles that he had, and yet he still let God tell his story through his life. And so as we've walked through 2 Samuel and up to 1 Kings 2, what is David's story? Now again, we talked a couple of years ago in a, in a sermon series 
uh, Becoming a Contagious Christian, January 2019. I encourage you to go back to that. We all have a story to tell, and, to, and, and biblically, but also in today's world, you see all kinds of ways to tell that story. You can tell it through relationships. You can tell it through invitation. Some of you are good at, at, at confrontation and just bringing up the gospel and, and, or intellectual conversation. One of my favorite ways and probably one of the more effective ways to share your faith now is how you serve. People 40 and under do not care what you think about Jesus if you don't love like Jesus. If you don't live like Jesus, if you don't serve like Jesus, don't tell me about Jesus. But also what we talked about in that sermon series is the importance of testimony. And that may be the most critical form of evangelism today. When you and I will say, this is how I met him. I met Jesus. This is where I was. This is how I met him. And this is what he's done in my life. And you see that pattern so beautifully in David's life. And he's, he's quick to tell it over and over again in a variety of ways, but especially in one way. I will confess to you, some of us have a night and day story where we, we can clearly say of our testimony, this is who I was, and because of God, I, didn't, I don't have to be that anymore. That, that's my testimony. My testimony was night and day. I got an email this week from somebody who's watching online. They live in another city in our state, but I got an email that their husband, their, their, their late husband, used to know me in my home church. I made the mistake of mentioning my home church last week, and she's like, oh yeah, my late husband used to know you. So for me, I'm thinking, and you've had those, some of you have had those meetings. You bump into somebody from junior high or senior high or college, and you think, oh no, they knew me before I knew Jesus, right? So that, I was a little nervous, but she told me her husband was, he was already out of youth group by the time I got to youth group, I was good. Unless she's watching today. Uh, but I've got a night and day story that for some of us, we feel like, oh, that's a David story, right? David had these horrific sins in his life. We see night and day, that's a testimony. And then when it comes to our testimony, for many of us, like my wife, it's not night and day. Her testimony is, I've said that before a couple of years ago, her testimony is she's always walked with Jesus. She's always known Jesus as Savior. She can't mark a day like I did where I had to bow down on my knees beside my bedside and say, Lord, save me, I'm a sinner. Now, we all have to come to the cross. We all have to come to Jesus. But she, was, she could give this, and I think it's a great testimony of the faithfulness of God, because hear me now, your, faith, your testimony better not be mostly about you. Your testimony better be about him and his grace and his, his power. As we heard so beautifully sung this morning, he is that Savior. There is the Savior, not me. In, in conversations where people come to saving grace, the, the evangelist only does 17 to 20% of the talking anyway. So if you're talking about your story all day long, we've messed up. You still have to, I still, as part of my testimony, have to say some of my night story. Night and day, here's where, here's where I was struggling. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what, he's, what he has done in my life. All of us have a story, and we can't let our history keep us from telling that story. David doesn't do that here. So what's your, what's your story? Let's don't leave today without praying and thinking through that. What's the theme of your story so that when people ask, why are you the way you are? Why do you have the hope that you have? What gets you through? What's that theme of your story where, where you can share that? This past Sunday, Sarah and I went to go eat lunch with my parents. 
and there was a theme that kind of came up in our conversation. My mother began to share, because uh, we were talking about trips, and sadly we can't do the things we wanted to do. There were trips we had to cancel this summer. But my mom mentioned that because of a good friend, she was blessed with a free trip, not only to England one time, but also to Italy. Well, then I, pop, I piped up about a free trip that I had been blessed by when I was at Batesville United Methodist Church and I had finished my, my Master's of Divinity degree. That church blessed me by sending me with Dr. Yuri and several people from the Jackson area to the Holy Land. What a great free trip. Well, then my wife shared about a time that I had blessed her with a trip to, to see her sister who's a missionary in Austria and working with Muslim refugees there. And Sarah got to go over there and to be with her sister. Well, that's, that's when my father chimed in. And he, he loudly and sarcastically said, well, I got you all beat. Because back in the mid-1960s, the United States of America blessed me with an all-expense-paid trip to Vietnam. So, maybe that's not his theme to share free trips. Now, again, Sarah and I, we've had blessings of free trips. Uh, maybe that's a theme for us because, again, it points to the, the gospel, that it's free, that there's nothing I can do to merit it. What's your theme? To really spend some time and to look at what's my story? Again, how we live, the attitudes that we have will earn us the right to speak. But what do we say when we, we, we have that opportunity to give an answer for the hope that's within us with gentleness and reverence? And as we look at David's life, we, we, get, some, we get some ideas. I mean, I guess you could talk about it if you wanted to. You could talk about David's heart. He was a man after his own heart. You might say that may be the theme, but actually heart only comes up twice about David in all of 2 Samuel and 1 Kings. One time when he, in his heart, wanted to be with Absalom during the, that time of Absalom's um, defiance. And then later when he takes the census and he's deeply saddened in his heart because of what he's done, there's not really a whole lot of talk in, in, this, in these two books about David's heart. But there is a word that comes up over and over again, which is a deep theme of his life, and it speaks not just of his experience again, but it speaks of God. And it's this word we heard in verse 29. It's distress, or as Ben read this morning, adversity. It's just over and over again. It's, it's in chapter 1, chapter 4, chapter 22, chapter 24 of, of 2 Samuel. It's here in chapter 1 of... of, of uh, uh, verse 29 and then you go back to the Psalms and you do the math and again the Psalms aren't just written by David but the only time you find the word distress in Psalms that do have an author it's David chapter Psalm 4 18 25 31 35 59 69 it's over and over again David's life who's the king the anointed of God chosen by God and yet his life is consistently marked by distress and adversity and it's it's not just his own struggles and decisions second samuel 24 talks about that but it's everybody around him not just his enemies but but it, one of his wives two to maybe even three of his sons his trusted advisors everywhere you turn david's life is under stress even here in some ways now it's for good but in some ways, Bathsheba and Nathan are kind of working him to get him to do what, what really he should have already done. We talked about that last week. But it's constant stress. Psalm 4.1 says this. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. 
You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me. Hear my prayer. Psalm 18.6. This is right after he has escaped Saul. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple. And then verse 29 today. It is the Lord. The Lord has redeemed my life from every distress. Over and over again in David's life, this is a recurring theme. This is who I was. From Saul on, my life has been one of being chased or pursued or distressed. But in his testimony, not just what happens, but you listen to what David says about God, not only in his prayers, but his testimony is, let me tell you about how God rescued me, how God delivered me. That I was, as Psalm 40 would say, you know, I was in a pit. There was my, but God set my foot upon a, a rock. It's a great theme of David's life. Now let me say to you as, 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 we, as we close, before we talk about our evangelism, how do you need to respond to that word today? Where are you in your life that you need to be like David? Now think about David, a skilled warrior, a king, guy who was so popular, good-looking, had all these gifts and strengths, but he, he swallowed his pride and said to God, it's got to be you. It's got to be you that reaches down and gets me out of this. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. You come and do this. Would you do this work? I was coaching my son's, I think it was Little League team, or one of the, one, when he was maybe five, six, seven, eight, I was coaching his team, and they were warming up, and I noticed he was warming up with a child that just was not good. That child actually told me later after the warm-up that Seth had hit him in the arm, the leg, and actually the face with the baseball. Now, I, I, had, I had seen them, that ball whizzing past that kid. He couldn't catch hardly any of them. So I went and just kind of watched for a second, and I actually saw him catch one in the side of the neck. But then we started warming up, not just through warming up arms, but they threw grounders to each other to get, to get ready. And Seth threw a lightning bolt at this kid on the ground. And I was like, oh, no. And afterwards, I went in to, to tell Seth, hey, slow, slow it down. He threw a lightning bolt at this kid. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Right by his face and into the fence. And I heard this battered and bruised child say under his breath but loud enough where I could hear it praise Jesus <laughs> he just taken it over and over and over David had taken it over much of it undeserved over and over again and what's his cry in the Psalms what's his testimony here and throughout 2nd Samuel and 1st Kings would you deliver me would you, not me, not my strength, that's not working. Would you come and get me? He'll do that. He'll do that. How do you need to pray that today? But as God comes, or maybe he already has come and done that work in your life to take you from night to day in your salvation or night to day in some struggle that you've had, how is it you and I will commit to tell that story? To not let our history just be a history, but like David, you see it in his praise and in his sharing, it becomes his story. I 
think I've told you once before that a friend of mine told me that the average United Methodist invites somebody to church one time out of every 30 years. That's not true of us. Some of y'all are inviting machines. But if that number is 1 in 30 just simply to invite to church, I wonder what that number is in terms of us. When the opportunity comes, when the Spirit opens the door, we can give an answer for the hope that's within us, will we step up, as we talked about last week, and, and not pass that responsibility off to somebody else, but to share our story? We're in a world that needs to hear our story. In a world that is anxious, in a world that is unsettled in a world that George Barna, a Christian uh, statistician, has said, a world in which a third of the North American church has not gone to church since March. I'm not talking about in person. I'm talking about online at all. They've just given up for the last six months on church. So it may be even invitation and healing and encouragement that has to happen in the body of Christ, as well as to a world without Jesus who are struggling. What do I do when I can't connect with people? What do I do when finances are struggling? What do I do? And we're just seeing marriages struggling. We're seeing addictions rising. How is it, church, we can say to the world, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you how my Redeemer and my Deliverer saved me through this very unsettling and difficult time. David does that over and over again. Someone who should have been maybe marked by pride. I'm a leader. I won't confess what's going on. And yet we see him openly saying, I've sinned. We see him openly saying, he had to come and get me and redeem me. At the end of his life, David says and reports, the Lord has redeemed my life from every distress. That's at the end of his life, and a life that's marked by distress. So it doesn't mean the distress went away, but at every moment, God was faithful and made provision to redeem him and to deliver him. How is it? What's your story? Maybe it's from anxiety. Maybe it's from pride. Maybe it's from lust. Maybe it's from greed. Whatever that story is, how can that theme, will you be able to say to someone who asks, this was my story? But then I met Jesus, my Redeemer. And, and this is who I am now, because of him, because of him. May God bless, may God bless our response to this, his word. Let's pray together. Fathers, we look at David's life, we're thankful. We're thankful for his honesty to open up about where he has struggled, even in front of people. And we pray we would have that courage to be people of integrity, not people of hypocrisy that hide behind a mask, but to be real with people and to say, this was my history, but that you, God, you have redeemed that. Father, we thank you for the story and the hope and the life that you give to us. We pray that you would open those opportunities. As we have, as we have been in your word today to talk about our stories now, we pray you'd even give us more opportunity to be prepared and to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. Father, if there are some of us here today who are watching online or in this room who need your redemption, to, who need your help through Jesus Christ as Ben prayed through his cross and resurrection uh, to receive that gift of salvation, something we couldn't do on our own, we needed rescuing, I pray we'd receive it. Father, if there's been struggles or anxieties in our own life as there were in David at almost every point, I prayed we'd give them over to you and like David, we would be able to say, you have met us in every distress. Bless our response to this, your word. In the name of Jesus Christ and for his glory, we pray.